topic twelve fourth paper of twentieth century negro literature this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org twentieth century negro literature topic twelve fourth paper by james randall wilder what are the causes of the great mortality among the negroes in the cities of the south and how is that mortality to be lessened by james randall wilder m d doctor of pharmacy james randall wilder was born at columbia south carolina and is the son of charles m wilder who was postmaster at columbia for many years his mother was marla coleman also a native of the palmetto state dr wilder is a man of spotless character and enjoys a striking appearance a magnetic personality and a brilliant and versatile mind his early training was received in the public schools of his native city he spent a season in the classical department of howard university and from there he went to howard medical college from which he graduated in the year eighteen eighty eight availing himself of the unrivalled opportunities afforded by the freedmen's hospital he rapidly acquired both theoretical and practical knowledge so that when he stepped into the world he possessed a preparation seldom equalled by the young practitioner he has also the degree of doctor of pharmacy from howard he located in washington the capital of the nation where today he enjoys a large and lucrative practice his modest sympathetic nature makes him an ideal man for the sick room his ability has won professional recognition not only for himself but for others he was for many years physician to the national home for destitute colored women and children and is today the examining surgeon for a number of benevolent and charitable organizations he has been prominently connected with many of the business ventures of the colored people in the district of columbia for the past ten years and is ranked as a broad-minded solid public-spirited citizen a grand object lesson for what is best and most progressive in the community he has invested his earnings judiciously so that to-day he has a competency seldom attained by a man of his years the success gained the making the most of himself renders him the best advocate of truth and a potent factor in the growth and development of the race this plain honest earnest young man is a type of the generation since citizenship came a splendid example of worth since the selfhood of the race has been partially recognized and the members have been permitted to add their quota to the sum of human advancement and achievement the hour calls for fact not fancy for flesh and blood examples of what has been done by the young manhood of the country the interest here and now is due to the fact that he has had somewhat to say on a subject of vital moment and has said it vigorously and eloquently here he is the champion of truth performing a service in a dignified scholarly manner and so winning the praise and gratitude of all lovers of truth 
his article must call a halt to those inconsiderate ones who persistently repeat what through haste and insufficient data has been given to the world as fact as logical inference from scientific investigation dr wilder has collected a large library of professional and literary works and has never ceased to be a hard student his home shows the taste of the scholar and wide-awake practitioner he married miss sally c pearson of columbia south carolina and to them have been born two children charles mcduffie and susan macio dr wilder belongs to that class of quiet earnest souls who pursue the even tenor of their way and are doing most to establish truth to refute error content to let the deeds though mute speak loud the doer the american negro finds himself at the beginning of the twentieth century seriously embarrassed by the many false and damaging accusations that have been made against him not least of which is the charge of physical inferiority the charge has been wholesale that the negro differs from the white man physically and that he is ethnically and strongly predisposed to certain fatal and contagious diseases this stigma of disease has been placed upon him and repeatedly emphasized but despite the fact that the effort has been made for years by men learned in anthropology to find and prove the inherent inferiority of the negro based upon anatomical physiological and biostatic peculiarity to-day the bare statistical fact of his high mortality alone supports the calumnious fabrication it is true that according to official statistics the negro's death rate in this country is relatively high but the causes of disparity are extrinsic and remedial and he was not stamped thus ab initio but by the fiat of the creative will the negro identified as he is with the great human family is subject to the same deteriorating influences that affect his fellow-man hence impure air and water polluted soil from defective sewerage adulterated foodstuffs and the unhealthful conditions imposed during the school-going period of life which are questions of public hygiene and general concern contribute in no small degree to his mortality but aside from these influences common to all people he is subject to others peculiar to himself on account of the environments that govern him the proverbial unreliability of statistics justifies the assumption that the negro's death rate is not as great as it is said to be the occupations of the negro tend to keep him in the background and to encourage a neglect on the part of the census enumerator to record accurately all of the negroes in a certain locality but the negro dies faster than the white man and it is not my purpose to deny it but to recite a few of the real causes of the disparity in the cities of the south and to show how that mortality is to be lessened one american slavery with its unparalleled cruelty and bestiality has injured the negro intellectually physically and morally it has been claimed that the admixture of the negro with the caucasian has given us a resulting mulatto weaker physically than either of the parent stock 
but this statement is based upon hypothesis and is not borne out by the facts in the case it is true however that a resulting lowering of vitality has followed the admixture of kindred blood which was almost unavoidable during the days of slavery as the result of certain well-known procreative practices that obtained on the part of the master and on account of the itineracy of the negro incident to his chattelism in those dark days it was hard enough for the negro to recognize his near kin on his maternal side and it was infinitely impossible for him to trace the family tree from the paternal side the evil effects of this consequent admixture of similar blood cannot be denied and must bear a modicum of responsibility for the excessive mortality of the negro of to-day two the fact that the great majority of the negro women in the cities of the south are compelled to work steadily even while they are enceinte doubtless often interferes with the normal development of the internal organs of their offspring causing a lack of vitality which is not apparent to the casual observer but which must make them an easy victim to disease three the same social and economic conditions that keep the expectant mother busy with her daily labors also abbreviate her lying in period which not only weakens her physically but deprives her newly-born offspring of its natural food thus consigning it to an infant's grave or so debilitating it that it succumbs to the first disease with which it becomes affected it is bad enough to be bottle-fed physiologists tell us but it is infinitely worse to be hand-fed the majority of the negroes in the southland are hand-fed from birth with food decidedly improper both as to quality and quantity thus making defective the very substructure of their being is it any wonder that such a people die faster than another people who nurse their young or have it done or who give them pure cow's milk modified scientifically or other artificial infant food prepared skilfully amid the best sanitary environments for the early motherhood of the negro has its evil effects the proper age for a woman to become a mother is at twenty-five years and usually before that time development is not complete and the whole organism is in a transition state it is equally true that the use of any organ before it has attained its complete growth or development is damaging to that organ and interferes with its normal function and we cannot but believe that children developed in immature sexual organs must be deficient in true vital force and energy it is often noticeable that a child apparently strong and vigorous may have but little power to resist disease or may even be strongly predisposed to some infirmity the colored women in the section under discussion who become mothers are usually multipori long before the twenty-fifth year five the element of overwork must come in for its increment of responsibility in the excessive mortality of the negro while deficiency in exercise favors a lack of nutrition conducive to wasting in size on the other hand too much work favors hypertrophy of vital organs and tissue degeneration the average healthy man should work about eight hours per day and should do work to the equivalent of one hundred and fifty foot tons daily 
the american negro's working hours as a rule are regulated if at all by the exigencies of the work to be performed as it appears to an exacting employer six the kind of work performed by the negroes in the southern cities includes all menial occupations which conduce to accident and exposure the death rate among the laboring class of any community irrespective and independent of its nationality is necessarily greater than that of the well-to-do leisure class seven the manner of living of the majority of the colored people in the cities of the south which is sometimes the progeny of ignorance but oftener the result of necessity is responsible in a large measure for their high mortality they are crowded together on back streets in lanes and ill-smelling bottoms near ponds of stagnant water on the banks of rivers wherever their scanty means consign them the ignorant among them like the ignorant among any other people ignore the teachings of hygiene because they are ignorant and not because they are black they do not know the value of fresh air and sunlight and cleanliness and hence are ignorant of the vitality attached to the unholy trinity darkness dampness and dirt which is responsible for the tuberculosis that is charged to their inherent tendencies the pittance that is paid to the negro in the name of wages forces him to crowd together in narrow and ill-ventilated sleeping apartments which is decidedly unhealthful and favors the spread of contagious diseases thus smallpox spreads rapidly in a negro settlement not because they are negroes but because their manner of living brings them into the most intimate contact with one another so that whatever disease attacks one rapidly spreads to all of the others who are not immune the lack of suitable clothing and proper food as a result of poverty weakens the negro physically the neglect of the bath through lack of time is responsible for much of the heart kidney and skin diseases so prevalent among the laboring classes of the colored people it takes time to keep clean and the laborer has no leisure ignorance of the seriousness of certain diseases like syphilis scrofula and rheumatism has played an important role in the drama of his mortality eight another fruitful cause of his excessive mortality arises out of his struggle for existence the exigencies of life are such with him that he does not heed the admonitions of nature made manifest in the early symptoms of disease so that unwittingly he becomes habituated to discomfort and pain when the common negro laborer lays aside his implements of labor on account of sickness the disease with which he is affected is well founded and passed beyond the abortive and often the curative stage and very frequently when medical advice is obtained it is of the dispensary or physician to the poor type which too often savors of unconcern inexperience and incompetency nine the prevalent habit among the colored people of taking patented cure-all nostrums which contain narcotics that insidiously benumb the sensibilities and mask the symptoms of disease would naturally contribute to the mortality of any people ten not the least fruitful of all of the causes of the negro's excessive mortality is a lack of resistance to disease engendered by the social conditions that obtain in the southland there he is so oppressed and persecuted that he finds himself 
not only an easy prey to disease but an early victim to death he has little to live for and his religion promises him much after death which in a sense he welcomes as a relief from his trials and troubles this statement will not appear exaggerated when one considers the powerful influence that the mind has over the body a cheerful hopeful contented mind predisposes to a healthy body and conversely a discontented and despairful mind interferes with the vital functions and invites disease and death eleven lastly in a consideration of the relatively high mortality of the negro in the cities of the south considerable weight must be given to the contracted death-rate of the whites due to their superior social and financial condition their environments are as a rule as healthful as education can suggest and as money can obtain and when disease overtakes them they combat it not only with the skill of science but with the power of will the incentives of life so lacking for the colored people are theirs in all of their plenitude the earth is theirs and the fullness thereof and there is no power therein that they may not covet this feeling this knowledge becomes vis that proves a potential factor in their struggle with disease despite this powerful influence however and because of it the morbidity of the white man in this country is great i venture the assertion that his morbidity far exceeds that of the negro not because he is more prone to disease but because he is enabled to live longer with disease on account of the influences to which allusion has already been made the plain fact is the negro dies sooner and the white man lives longer with disease which presents the unique question is it not more advantageous to the public good to die of a disease and be buried safely and deeply beneath the soil than to live with it and thus increase the opportunities of disseminating it twelve the remedies for the excessive mortality of the negro in the cities of the south are self-evident he is a man and identical with other men structurally so that whatever is health-giving and life-lengthening for other civilized peoples is health-giving and life-lengthening for him to be specific his greatest need is an increase of knowledge along the line of hygiene and a studious application of that knowledge he must not only be taught to run the race of life intelligently but he must not be hindered in the process of his running he must know the life to lead and then lead it in this he must have the liberal cooperation of his employer and his brother in white generally he must be paid in accordance with the labor that he performs and must be allowed an equitable participation in the everyday affairs of life actuated by the hopes and aspirations that actuate other men and given a man's chance in the struggle of life his industry and genius will soon improve his condition and bring him material prosperity upon which depends in a measure the development of moral intellectual and physical growth leisure and opportunity comfort and freedom from sordid cares and anxieties regarding the immediate necessities of life must be secured if a race is to find time for study and thought and to develop its best moral and physical life may not the negro justly find some consolation in his excessive mortality of to-day may he not believe that death is the philosophy of life may he not feel that his race is being strengthened by the dying of the weak 
just as a tree is strengthened by losing its unsound branches if so then the future negro in this country will be the fittest of the survival of the fittest and will represent the grandest type of physical manhood that the world has ever known end of topic twelve fourth paper by james randall wilder